I was taught in sixth grade never to text a boy first because a boy is supposed to pursue you. I obviously didn't listen and I would text my crush like five times a day and he I would can't never imagine answer. a world where you don't text someone like text a boy you like, but I know. Anyway. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Feminist Fiends and Quarantine Queens, our podcast where we analyze feminism in different forms of pop culture media. I'm Pate. And I'm Nellie. We took a little hiatus, but we're back. Hope you didn't miss us too much because we missed y'all a lot. <laughs> um, one of the reasons why we had to take a little hiatus or we didn't had to have to. We just did naturally. It just kind of happened. We were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's been a week and we haven't done anything, but I got a job. What? Crazy. Um, and so just trying to like learn my new schedule. My um, my weeks are looking a little different. Yeah. But we are really excited to get back to recording. Yeah. No, things have been crazy with me for work too. And I feel like I'm now getting geared up to move in the next <sighs> couple months, hopefully. And I I don't know. I just feel like with like, I mean, obviously um the pod is like so much fun I've been loving it so much but I feel like as like the weather has been changing up here in Massachusetts I've just like been wanting to be outside all the time and then Mm -hmm. like filling my days more which is really nice so I think it was helpful to have a little hiatus even though I missed you yeah I I missed you you, like for two weeks but that has not happened I guess it happened around Christmas time but it really has Mm -hmm. not happened like in a year basically and there was just so much going on in yeah the, the world the world and also our world like all the um you know swanee just keep keeps dropping the ball on things it seems like yeah. and although we're alumni I feel like that still affects us yeah and we didn't want to be you know tone deaf and be like let's talk about a you know a super white movie when like all these racial injustices are happening at our like um alma mater yeah yeah, for those of you who I, I guess either just aren't part of the Swanee community for whatever reason, don't know what's going on. Um, the Basically, a few weeks ago at one of the men's lacrosse games, um, some students in the stands, Swanee students, yelled racial epithets at the opposing team, um, specifically the N-word. So... Um, honestly, not anything new for Swanee. We're not going to pretend like this is like the, not the Swanee. We unfortunately, knew. yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's really f- disappointing. It's embarrassing. It is just so like out, like just I, we're outraged, but also um, this is like not. Well, one, I mean, I don't want to pretend like Swanee is a unique case by any means, but Swanee has a really complicated history with race and while they're reconciling it with it in many ways or in one specific way through the Roberson project there's so much that needs to be done to hold students in particular accountable and then also just the institution as a whole to like really reconcile with this race racial history as well as with um I just think I mean I I personally actually don't know the recent um, update in terms of whether or not these students have been suspended or expelled but I feel like I would know if that had happened and it just I, I think they need to be mm-hmm. I think Swanee has a real problem with um, actually following through with that especially in cases to me that are extremely obvious <laughs> to do that but anyway we are going to kind of move on from that but we do encourage you to um, to learn more about it if you don't and also if <coughs> you are a Swanee student, um, just know that like, particularly uh, a black student at Swanee or a BIPOC student, just know that we stand with you and that this is not okay, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, so that happened and we were just like, that happened, so much is happening in our world and we're gonna talk about it, well, in the country in particular. and like I said, we also just have had a lot going on personally, which is no excuse, but we took a little hi- hiatus. Um, 
I'm sure that, I won't keep this in, but I'm sure it's many okay. of you didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I won't keep it in. But That's not funny. Trying to, not trying to be self-deprecating, but hopefully yeah. episode will be like, ah, pleasant surprise. They're back. Um, but anyway, before we kind of dive into kind of on a more or on a continued serious note, we want to just talk about some things that are going on in the country and share some resources at the top of the episode. And I think we're going to continue doing this just with some current events because so much has happened in the last couple of weeks. We literally took two weeks off and so much has happened. So, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll dive into um, a new series that we have, um, which is very exciting. And then, yeah. Um, so as I said, so much has happened in the last several weeks and we'd be remiss if we didn't take some time to talk about it. Um, first, we want to talk about the shootings that occurred in Atlanta on March 16th. These shootings took the lives of eight people, six of whom were women of, the, of Asian descent. And it has brought to light the violence against the Asian American community that often goes unacknowledged and is un, not not talked about nearly enough, Um, but it has been particularly prevalent over the last year, especially given the ways in which our former president targeted the Asian community in relation to the, the, um, to COVID-19, to the virus, Um, saying things like, quote, China virus and Kung flu. And I think in particular, at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw a ton of, um, uh, violence targeted towards the Asian American community and that has continued but I don't think been talked about nearly enough and I feel like it took this point like it unfortunately got like had to get to this point before people actually cared about it which is fucked up but um I do think also like we like we are complicit in that um and so I just want to name um that we commit to continuing to learn and advocate um, for the AAPI community, and we encourage everyone listening to continue to educate themselves using um, uh, some of the resources that are being circulated to support the AAPI community. And in particular, we point to Advancing Justice AAJC, which works to advance the human re- human civil rights of Asian Americans and build an equitable society for all. Check out their bystander training and story tracking by visiting their Instagram at advancingjustice underscore AAJC. This shooting in Atlanta was quickly followed by another shooting in Colorado. These back-to-back mass shootings that have happened over the last few weeks have shown how loopholes and weak restrictions in gun laws enabled both suspects to get quick access to their weapons of choice in attacks that left 18 people dead. We want to remind folks that they can always call their representative to push them to make changes. To find your representative and call their office, go to house.gov representative slash find your representative. Um, And we're recording this on Friday, and this week the trials um, against Derek Chauvin have been happening, and today witness testimony continues. Um, On the trial, former Minneapolis Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, um, who is charged with second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter and the death of George Floyd, we hope everyone continues to keep up to date on this trial and we're hoping that it will be brought to justice um we just want to name that like we hope like we said we hope people continue to follow the the trial but we want to name that hearing witness testimony about george floyd's murder can be really tough um and so we want to point to some resources in particular the anxiety and depression Depression Association of America and the Association for Black Psychologists. And like I said, we're going to continue to have kind of these current event updates at the beginning of each episode. So we will continue to keep you up to date on this as the trial unfolds. During the 2021 legislative session, dozens of states will consider legislation related to LGBTQ discrimination. In particular, there are a lot of anti-trans bills being proposed. Again, this is a huge opportunity to use your voice in our democracy, to stand up for justice, and to protect our trans siblings. To learn about the bills being proposed in your home states, visit freedomforallamericans.org slash legislative dash tracker. 
Finally, we want to acknowledge the allegations that have recently been made against Representative Matt Gates of Florida over whether he had a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old and paid for her travel with him. Investigators are examining whether Mr. Gates violated federal sex trafficking laws, and we want to encourage folks to stay plugged into the story and share some, some ways to educate yourself and get involved. We want to plug Fair Girls, which is an organization dedicated to providing care for trafficking victims who identify as women or girls through advocacy and intervention. The organization provides housing, trauma-informed services, and education that helps these women cope with their experiences. There are plenty of ways to get involved with Fair Girls, including donating, volunteering, and even starting a career with the organization. So again, um, so much is going on and yeah, we hope all of these things are end up on the side of social justice, but a lot of them are, they're just all very, very fucked up, <laughs> to be completely honest. And so before we, again, like Pete said, before we talk about this white ass movie, um, we just wanted to name that all of this is going on and we hope folks are continuing to stay involved and we commit to continuing to stay engaged as well, so so to switching to very a very different topic um we are gonna dive into our movie this week so after taking a little time off we're very excited to start a new series on the pod um we are launching it and it's called oof that did not age well where we discuss movies we loved when we were younger, but now that we're watching them through a feminist lens with a deeper knowledge of the patriarchy, um, our favorite movies end up being cringy and just straight up sexist. This week, we are talking about the iconic 2006 movie, John Tucker Must Die, um, directed by Betty Thomas and written by Jeff Lowell. John Tucker Must Die stars Brittany Snow, Ashanti, Sophia Bush, Ariel Kebble, and Jenny McCarthy. This movie is a classic when it comes to 2000 stereotypes, lame jokes, and revenge. Personally, it was an all-time favorite of mine when I was young, but the cast and the cast and the soundtrack are absolutely iconic, but oof, it did not age well playing into our title of our series already you're so right that that soundtrack is iconic it's iconic i was a little secret by all american reach honestly there was there was at least one version of guitar hero that has every single song from the soundtrack in it and i was like i used to like jam my dirty little secret on um guitar i'm literally looking up the soundtrack right now it's so good. You're so correct. Even though I don't recognize the names of the songs, it's just like, very like early 2000s. So 2000s. And like, I like that's like one of my favorite. I wouldn't even say it's a guilty pleasure because I don't feel guilty, but like, I love listening to 2000 songs in my car and thinking I'm a teenager in the 2000s. Yeah. Because like we were kids. And like, I think also since we were kids at that point, we just like, those are the people we looked up to. Those are the people we thought were so cool, teenagers in the 2000s. And so that's probably yeah. why we like it so much. I remember watching this movie with, I feel like with some of my older cousins who I feel like probably more so identify with like, I don't know if they identify with this specific experience, but I guess this being in high school during this time and like the early mm-hmm. 2000s. But it is so interesting. And I think we can just dive right into our conversation. But what yeah. you, what I was saying to you beforehand was I, I think what's so interesting. Um, well, I guess, why don't we like just talk about like what happens in the movie first. So basically, like, there is this, I don't know, all-star <clears throat> athlete, like he is like the most popular guy in school. Every girl wants to be or every guy wants to be him and every girl wants to be with him like that, that kind of trope and then Mm -hmm. he is dating so then this new girl kate like moves to town she gets this job at a restaurant and she notices while she's at the restaurant that this guy john tucker who's the like basketball superstar and most popular guy in school is like over the course of one evening he is goes on a date with three different girls and kind of says the same thing to him all the same things to them 
like you're the only one for me they're like making out at the table and none of them know about each other because he purposely dates three different girls in different cliques so that none of them ever talk to each other and then he tells them that he's not allowed his dad says he's not allowed to date during basketball season so for that reason they they keep it like hush hush um and then basically like I don't remember exactly what happens but then they all find out that they're dating and and then they all end up in detention with Kate and she is like yeah he's dating all of you he's playing all of you blah 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 and then they're still kind of fighting over him but then they're like well the way to get back at him is if we he like dumps all of them and then they're like the way to get back at him is if we basically create his dream woman and then break his heart and so that's what like the must die kind of thing is like they're not necessarily like they say at one point John Tucker must die and what I think is so interesting about like that movie other than I guess the murder concept which isn't ever an actual possibility but the idea is that like these women like you could look at this and say these women bind together to like fight the patriarchy like some people I'm sure could make that argument I think on its surface it's what many people would consider to be feminist because it's drawing attention to a way in which a man is taking advantage of women and then kind of using like these women then being empowered to do something about it but to me I think it is the absolute opposite and so I want to unpack that but first I want to hear your thoughts um and just like whether because I feel like as a kid I don't know I think it's so interesting because I think the way I thought about movies I would like find them empowering just by like the concept of them and I think for me I thought that like because these women like kind of work together to, I don't know, like get the better of a bad situation and like kind of uh, stick it to the man. Because of that, I thought it was like a positive thing, but looking on it now, I'm like, oh my God, this makes me so angry in so many ways. I just talk so much. That's okay. You were giving us a summary. Um, so when I first actually saw this movie, I was in middle school and I didn't even know what the word feminist means meant. Um, so I didn't like identify as a feminist because I didn't even know that word. So when I watched it, I just thought it was like a chick flick <clears throat> and a comedy. And a lot of the jokes went over my head because it kind of is a sexually charged movie. Um but I just was like, oh, this is like another 2000s teen movie. I can't think of some off the top of my head. We've, you know, we've talked like about Mean some. Girls. Yeah. So it I yeah, was made I th- like two out two years after Mean Girls. I'm yeah, sure. exactly. Um, but so I, you know, I watched it recently because it was it's actually free on Amazon if you uh with some commercials. Um and I was just bored at home and I was like I would I just want to watch something that's easy on the brain where I don't have to think critically and can just enjoy myself because I thought it would be like a nice funny chick flick because I haven't seen it in years and then when I watched it I couldn't necessarily enjoy myself because I was cringing the whole time at like at this movie that just uses women as sex objects yeah and like maybe this could be an argument for why it might be a feminist movie but like the way that and like Nellie made this really good point before we started recording that even though it was directed by a woman it was written by a man and it was most likely written by a man and his idea of how like women are empowered when in actuality like it's not empowering because hold on I lost my train of thought well ultimately they're still all fighting over him and like they're not at all united yeah but like so the the way that just the whole movie devalues women to the point where all they are are sex objects or romantic partners is so 
obvious when you are watching it through a critical lens. Like there is no real character development. These women do not have personalities. And like all the background women characters are just like supposed to be there for the male gaze. Like they wear like, you know, typical 2000s outfits. And like, you'll see one girl go like flirt with John Tucker and then we never see her again. She is only there for the for the plot to like sexualize her yeah and then also like with even with the main characters like Brittany Snow Kate is her name you know she becomes more sexualized and like yeah it's supposed to be like this revenge plot but like we just constantly see these women being used solely for the purpose of like attracting a man and I just don't, I did not feel like there was any, like, substance to this movie besides, oh, I can't think of any substance. I really think, like, the only positive thing about this, even if, like, if you really wanted to, like, try to find something positive, is, like, the message that, like, you can be friends with people that are different from you, and that you can, like, be friends with people outside of your, um, like, clicks or whatever but even then I feel like and maybe that was a message people needed in 2006 but like I already feel like like today that's like a message that is just so much more well um presented in movies today and Mm -hmm. also to me like the 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 brother John Tucker's brother who's played by Dan from Gossip Girl I can't remember what his character's name is but he um the fact that like that is more so kind of the ending is that like she's gonna probably go on a like they're gonna be chemistry partners again and they're probably gonna go on a date and blah 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 oh his name is scott scott as opposed to like her just like finding like i just feel like her identity is based off of boys all of these women's identity is based Mm -hmm. off of the men in their lives as opposed to it could be more so just like their individuality and their friendship like strong strong female friendships or these friend or friendship with men um which i, I guess like there is a they they play with that a little bit which i think mm-hmm. is positive. one thing i will say is that just kind of speaking to because you just spoke about the male gaze just now yeah mm-hmm. like i think speaking again to the male gaze one scene that to me um i think is a really prime example of both like how the male gaze is perpetuated in movies and then also in real life is when um is when uh Sophia Bush's character Beth is that her name Beth and Kate are in the car and Beth is like showing Kate how to kiss mm-hmm. and then there's this boy who is like kiss her again or whatever standing outside and they're like oh you perv which I guess is drawing attention to that perhaps but it is just this like this kind of speaks to how it's very acceptable for like women to kiss each other if it's for like for the male gaze particularly like in a party setting or things like this again that wasn't what happened here but you see this in other movies you see it in real life but if two women are like kissing each other and they're actually romantically involved then they're going to be like either hypersexualized by the men around them as though it's for their benefit or it's just like not going to be like received the same way as if it was just kind of two straight women kissing which is like fucked up and there's so much interesting um study around that in terms of like how we think about hookup culture in the male gaze but um I just wanted to name that because I think it's such a prime example mm-hmm. I I would like to talk about the end later yeah because there are some things hold off on the ending like if, and that might be something I say for like what does the movie do right if anything because I have some thoughts I wanted to just build off the written by a man thing if possible yeah it's kind of circling back to it but I think <clears> like <throat> what you're saying that like this is I I what I think is, I think oftentimes people, and, and men in particular, but lots of women too, I don't want to pretend as though women are not part of this category of folks who see feminism as women like hating men and wanting to like literally kill men. <laughs> like like the word die in this title is actually really interesting because um, 
it is very much this attitude of like, I, I think people view feminism as not a system of equality as opposed, it, they see it as a supremacist um, w- wanting women to be, to like reign supreme over men. And that to me is why it's so clear that a man wrote this movie because he, well, on, on two accounts, one that, that their kind of scope of feminism would be that a, that women are just sabotaging men and wanting to like get back at them and like completely destroy them. Um, which again, like I recognize that that was perhaps like what I, like, I think when you're a child, like a child in particular, you view things very much on a surface level. And so I, for me, I was like, okay, well, I know that like revenge is a way to like have, um, I don't know. It's a way of like getting back at someone and, and, and kind of just deciphering right from wrong to like to make something wrong right even though it's not true at all but for me I was like okay maybe this is that was my concept of feminism then but it's absolutely not it's about equality (laughs) and um but then in the case of uh like thinking about the things that they do to him also like the whole estrogen thing and then when he has his big like tantrum on the basketball court um, and I read an article before this that was talking about how, like, if dying, quote unquote, like John Tucker must die, if that's just acting like a girl, then the, then the movie succeeded in presenting this. And to me, that also is evident that this was written by a man and directed by a woman that's likely pretty embedded in the patriarchy because the worst thing a man could do is be feminine. Yeah, and- I was going to say that, like... That is what really caught my attention when I watched the movie and was like, I texted you and I was like, oh my gosh, we need to talk about this movie because it's so bad. But like a way for them to bring him down and to like make him look embarrassed is to put estrogen in his protein shakes. And then he's he just acts like a stereotype of a of a crazy or emotional woman like he cries on the yeah pmsing like crying on the basketball court because someone pushes him and his breasts are sore and like oh my gosh is this what you think women do when they're on their period like you're so you're so far from the truth and like you just made an excellent point Nelly if like the worst thing that you can do to a man is like make him act like a woman that's just like a a perfect example of like the patriarchy in play so also something I was thinking about is how first off Brittany Snow's character is supposed to be this like quiet nerdy girl that no one like you know notices like I hate that trope when a stunning like movie star girl is like they put her in a hoodie and then she's supposed to be quiet no one notices her hate that trope um and then I did think this was interesting she was you know performing this role in order to get John to like her but I really thought how interesting it was that they she was essentially performing the cool girl trope actually no Kate herself is the cool girl trope because she you know, she's like, I'm not like other girls. I would never fall for John Tucker. Also, I listened to, I don't even know who she said she listened to. She was like, I listened to this cool Elvis band. Costello. Don't even know who that is. Um, I'm gonna And another it. one, but I can't remember. It's uh, whoever sings I Want You to Want Me. I want you to want me. Cheap trick. Cheap trick. Um, but like, um, I'm, I'm like, okay, congratu- congratulations. You listen to songs. Like, why, why does that make yeah. you cool? Well, and it is so funny because in that very, like, opening monologue of hers, she's like, I mean, who wouldn't want to be with him? And then she's like, I would never want to be with him. And it is, like, such an example. Like, we talked about this literally in the in the Cool Girl episode, which is episode four, if you want to listen in, it is, I think, our most listened to episode. Ooh. Um, but I think the... I remember talking about that and being like, yeah, I 
really like I remember I would like say I would just convince myself that I didn't want something because I didn't think it was like attainable to me and that is like embodying the cool girl trope like I would do that a lot as a child I think I still do it Mm -hmm. I or I'd be like oh well like I'm not like other girls like I don't want to be like other girls if everyone likes this like I don't want to be like them and I feel like that's such you see that very much so with Kate um and then she just like embodies the version of it that is that that is so desirable for men and what's so frustrating to me is that like not just in movies but in society as a whole the way to like win over a man is to like play hard to get and to me that is like harmful in terms of like the me too movement because it's like no means no so if i'm telling you like i don't actually want to hang out i i want you to not try like this is not an invitation to try harder like i just feel like the answer is always clear communication and to be like hey i like you and you should pursue like we should pursue a relationship or no i'm not interested or no i'm busy means yeah i'm actually not interested (laughs) like it's just annoying like i do feel like continuing to perpetuate that this is like something that we as a society like is like the whole playing hard to get thing it's like one really playing into the patriarchy and it's enforcing this notion that like like not having consent is okay like I just Mm -hmm. like so and I didn't even like think about that when I was watching the movie but now that we're talking about it I'm like yeah this is like a huge issue I wonder if there's much scholarship on that, to be honest. I feel like it's not a conversation I've really had. Okay, well, honestly, cut this out if it doesn't, you know, have anything to do with this. But I find this very interesting because growing up, I was taught, and this is like from a biblical standpoint, because if y'all know, like, I was, I was, I grew up in a very religious household. I still am. Um, and if you don't know, the Bible is like where patriarchy, I think, was born, essentially. I would argue that. And so I was taught growing up like a man is to pursue a woman. And, you know, I I was taught in sixth grade never to text a boy first because a boy is supposed to pursue you. I obviously didn't listen and I would text my crush like five times a day and he I would never answer. I can't imagine a world where you don't text someone, like text a boy you like. But I know. Anyway. And like, if you know me now, like, the like truly all the boyfriends I've ever had, it's because like I make the first move and like, that's fine because they, they obviously accepted it. They liked me. They, they wanted it us to date but like I'm a very straightforward person and like if I like you I'm gonna tell you that and if you like me back we'll date if you don't that's fine so I just really think how interesting it is um the idea of like someone pursuing you and like while I do think I I would like to be pursued by a romantic partner that doesn't mean like oh if I tell you no keep pursuing me it means like continue to show me affection continue to show appreciation like in my mind that is what I think a successful um pursuit of someone that you're romantically interested in because if I'm like no I don't want to go out with you don't keep asking me that's creepy you could be like oh I'm like I don't know like we'll see like let's keep talking yeah but to be like hmm no. Thanks so much, but I'm okay. I don't want to. Yeah, do like I just think it's such a. Ugh. Also, the whole like part of this movie where they're like, where all the other girls are like, "We made you what you are today. You wouldn't be anything without us." Like, I I want to talk about the end next, Let's, but I think yeah. before doing that, I really just want to talk about like female friendships. Yeah, like there's just there are. And I get it. Like women are competitive with each other. I think it is a problem. Unfortunately, yes. I, but I am part of the problem. Like it is just so like, like I think part of our society for women to compete with one another, whether it's in the professional world or in the personal world. And I think um, men are threatened by powerful women and women are threatened by other powerful women where, where that just like shouldn't be the case. But in in with this like even though they seem to kind of bind together 
against this <laughs> greater cause they ultimately like are still pining after john tucker they think that like each one of them should get to be with him all these girls are like they each embody a very specific trope one is like the popular cheerleader another is the like uh like slutty vegan is literally what they do which i'm like why is this <laughs> like why is this a thing and then also she's dumb too to add another layer to that and then a like kind of like high achieving super involved uh, girl and and then this kind of again the weird girl that like comes in at, like it, the new weird girl um that comes in and like ends up with the most popular guy in school but like ultimately all of these other girls are like you wouldn't be who you are without us and we like we made you like each we made you into the perfect girl because you have qualities of each of us that he likes and like I agree that Kate has like I don't know who Kate the person is (laughs) like I don't know who she is because I don't feel like her, her she has character development because we just know so little about like her other than like what she is told to do so I do think it is kind of a fair thing that they say but it is just like very like fucked up um and they all just like ultimately continue to fight over him which to me is like shows how deeply embedded they are in the patriarchy each of them and it's not to say like it feel I feel like it feels very snooty to like look down on them it's not to say that I wouldn't behave very similarly if I were in this situation I just think it's a not a great example for young girls because it's like hey you're supposed to fight over people you're supposed to fight over boys there's only one boy for all four of you and (laughs) then also that this is the number one priority and your number one thing that you need to get out of high school. Like all of these girls have so much going for them, but this is what they're spending their time doing. It's just crazy. But I want to talk about the end. Well, I also think um, I was really disappointed in the end and not the end before the end. I was really disappointed. And even though I had seen this movie before watching it with a critical lens, it's like watching it new. And yeah, that, that is kind of, fun when re-watching movies that you love but then you know you get disappointed because they're actually really cringy and bad but like when Kate is like I don't feel comfortable doing this this seems cruel which I agree with like yeah I don't think even if John Tucker is a terrible person if Kate is like feeling uncomfortable about it they should have respect that choice of her um, but then when she was like, I feel uncomfortable, like public, publicly embarrassing this guy, the three girls turn on her and just drop their friendship because their whole friendship was just based off of... They were using her. Yeah. And so I think that would be really hard for someone to argue it's a feminist movie because of these female friendships when the friendships are based off of A, a man, and B, they're really not like uplifting and supportive. I remember what I was going to say. So I feel like the best revenge is not thinking about the person. It's like changing your life or not changing your life, but like after a breakup, the best thing to do is just move on and glow up, be your best self and not let them live in your head rent free. This is my new thing. And the best way to get revenge on someone is to just cut them out of your life and live your truth and be the bad bitch that you are. Um, keep this in because I want all of our listeners to know that. Yeah. And this is a trend I've been seeing on TikTok. So I do think like the younger generation is understanding this and that's nice. Like while, you know, your heart's going to get broken in this world and that's true in your lifetime, you will experience heartbreak romantically the best revenge is moving on and bettering yourself yeah. and not letting them have this power over you. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not sorry. I'm no. popping off. I no. know y'all didn't come to hear my Ted talk about how to get over a breakup, but like truly, I, I think that is the best way to, to get someone back. It's like, yeah. Oh, you didn't want to date me. Well, that's your fault because I'm amazing and I'm not going to spend the next few months of my life trying to ruin yours because what does that show? How petty I am, how insecure I am, how much I needed attention from you. Right. And it's just taking the high road. And in the case of this movie, they like 
Kate, no one knows who Kate is apart from John Tucker. And then in the end, people, I mean, it ends up being fine, I guess. But I think by showing this video, like ultimately these women and then also Kate herself, I think by being a part of it, again, like ultimately she's very much thrown under the bus. But I feel like if, if she had just taken the, if all of these women had just taken the high road, like they wouldn't have such a bad light, sh- like shone upon, uh, like shined, sh- shone, 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 thank you, shone upon them. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just think like they're like taking the high road can never be like obviously stand up for injustice, stand up for what's right. But like in this case, it just like, it's not going to help your your cause if you are doing something that is like humiliating and degrading and like downright um, invasive and horrible. Like that is just going to give people reason to like uh, blame you, like blame you right back. So anyway, I do want to just talk. So I personally think that this is a very safe ending. They, it just ends in a food fight. Like, they're like, Kate, like, they're like, Kate lied the whole time. She's a liar. She never wanted to, and then they're all like, we're all liars. John Tucker's, and then John Tucker's like, I'm a liar. And then, then there's just a food fight. Like, we don't ever actually really know, like, no justice prevails. Um, There's no conflict resolution they like decide they're going to be friends afterwards to me it is just evidence though like because you see like how the men react they're like if john tucker can lie and get laid by a bunch of hot women then like let him do it and then they're like these women lied fuck these women and i'm like okay yeah that's good evidence of what the patriarchy is like but overall i'm just like okay what was the lesson in this like i did not learn a lesson here i was just like and it just seems to me like the movie, like they were writing it or they were directing it and they either like, just were like, oh, we were at our time limit. We just got to wrap it up. Or they were like, we don't really know how to end this. So we're just going to end in a food fight. Like I was just like, I have so many questions. None of this is resolved. I don't know. That's my opinion. Which I will say. Angers me. Okay. These are the two things I can think of that the movie does right. One of them is when John Tucker gets caught in a thong. Everyone makes fun of him. I would also be embarrassed if I was in a thong in front of the entire basketball team and cheerleaders. So that's valid. But then he comes to practice the next day, still wearing a thong under his basketball shorts. And all his friends are like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And he's like, Actually, if you try it out, it will make your basketball game better. And then he does an impossible dunk, truly impossible. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no white boy that short can jump up, do a front flip, and then dunk the ball with no trampoline. Um, impossible. Impossible. The fact that this man starts on the basketball team to begin with is nuts. To the me, fact but... that they are trying to convince us that this man can dunk. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the main problem. But then he's like, okay, well, team, if you actually do wear a lace thong, it will help your basketball game. And then they all wear it. And I'm like, okay, they're kind of crushing toxic masculinity right now. Yes, but if I agree with you, but I don't think John Tucker would have been able to do that if he wasn't in like the position of power that he was in. Oh, absolutely. And then also like if a woman came to school and her thong was showing, she'd be slut shamed. So it's just like there is a like touch of gray with that, like silver lining, I guess, where you're just like, "Mm." but I agree with you. Like it is a positive thing where I'm like, okay, cool. Like we can be like, yeah, men can wear pink. Like I feel like it's like that. Uh, really breaking the patriarchy (laughs) I'm like wow you wore a thong while you did a fake dunk (laughs) while your stunt double did a dunk your stunt double wore a thong but that was the one thing I noticed and I was like fair we can we can appreciate that the second thing I appreciated 
and I actually didn't like this when I watched it as a young gal Mm -hmm. when I watched it first off I'm a romantic I know y'all know this and I've talked about this on the podcast and sometimes it gets in the way of me being able to truly appreciate a film Um, thinking about Little Women I kind of missed the whole point of the ending because I wanted it to be a happy romantic ending and instead um, that kind of took away from the overall idea idea that women oftentimes are forced to be married in stories for a happy ending. But when I was in middle school, I was like, wait, Kate and John Tucker actually aren't going to end up together? Why not? I thought they would after the cake fight. So watching it today, I actually have a greater appreciation to the fact that they didn't end up together and that they remained friends and they were able to talk about that. They should have done that way earlier, but, and she shouldn't have lied to him. And he's also a terrible person. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to defend John Tucker. But I was just not sorry, guys. Okay. Um, (laughs) I I appreciated that they ended as friends and they didn't try to force a relationship between her and John um, because I feel like that would have been the the easy thing to do um if if they wanted a happy ending I think really the best ending was if Scott Tucker John's brother didn't even didn't exist and they just ended the movie and like she didn't have another romantic partner like I I always I think I always knew that she and Scott would end up together it's like pretty clear to me that he's like like you're rooting for him as the underdog they're both underdogs she's not like crossing any kind of territory dating him he's only there for a romantic plot point like I know that's I wish they had I wish that like if that was going to be part of it they just had developed like I just feel like I know so little about both of their characters which I just I agree with you in that case like what was the point it was just for a romantic ending so you're yeah you're totally right should we ask the age-old question let me see yeah what do you think is it feminist no no it's just super not we just talked about it for so long it's just super not it was I think written in like the most patriarchal lens possible but it kind of camouflages as being feminist if you look at it too quickly or if you have a very skewed version of feminism or a dated version of what you think feminism might be or just an uninformed version of feminism. And if that's the case, if like you're listening and that's your perception of feminism, I'm shocked if you are here. <laughs> yeah, maybe DM us and uh, we can talk <laughs> we can to talk you. more. Come on the pod, be a guest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's it is really just like a I mean I don't know that it was ever good like I guess being in the oof it didn't age well category is kind of funny because I think it never was aged yeah and we were like (laughs) this ain't this ain't it so I mean I I do still have a soft spot for it I think the cast is like it's a stacked cast I Uh love Sophia Bush I, I would love like literally if I could have we should like this would be a fun question for us to have us to do maybe a segment we could do in future um in future or we can just talk about it now but if I were to have sit down and have dinner with like any of these cast members it would be Sophia Bush and I would be like what do you think about that movie now that you're Mm -hmm. 15 years out because she's a big activist big activist she is amazing like I'm obsessed with- like I love her she's one of the few celebrities I actually follow on Instagram like I actually just love 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 her and I if I could sit down and have dinner with her and be like hey thoughts on John Tucker must die she'd probably be like oh my god I can't believe I did that movie but wait I didn't know she was married to Chad Michael Murray they were married oh yeah for one year yeah while they were doing One Tree Hill I'm a big One Tree Hill stan that's my favorite show Maybe that'll be the part of oof, this didn't age well. If we have, if there are activists, current activists that are actors in the movie. She was so young, so. Yeah. Um, and it was in the early 2000s, which are like, oh. the fact that we lived through the early 2000s. I mean, we were babies. We were how, how old were we in 2006? Nine. I, or no, I was nine. You were eight. Yeah. Youngin. Youngin. Fourth grade. Third grade. Second grade around that time oh 
my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, right. I'm laughing at this quote. It's like between Scott and John, and Scott's like, you know, she's deep, man. And John's like, dude, I'm deep. I'm dating the poetry club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Or, I also like when at the end he's like, I'm I'm all about community. Like I don't I can't de- necessarily quote it, but he says something along the lines of like I'm all about communication right now. So he's like to whatever the girl. He's like he's like Jessica, meet Elizabeth. I <laughs> both of you. I don't know if those were their names, but it was funny to me. Oh, I also like Brit. Uh, the mom. She's like, "What are you girls doing?" And the one of the girls is like, "Destroying a man." And she's like, okay, play nice. <laughs> That's a good I'm one. like, oh, bleh, whatever. Or Scott, when he says, I'll let you in on a secret, though. My mom says I'm special on the inside. That is such a move. Mood. Yeah, that's a positive. I'm special. I'm special. Well, should we close it out? Do you even think John Tucker is hot? Um... I'm sure considering how large the school is, I'm sure there's at least like one other dude that's as good looking as him, if not better looking than him. I think he needs a beard and then he would be cute. You love a beard. I know. Would you rather date John or Scott? Scott. No, no chance about it. Me too. No questions. He probably wouldn't like my music taste though, because I'm not a cool girl. Mm, Yeah, me either. (laughs) Be like, you like One Direction? I'm not a cool girl. I'm a bad bitch. That should be the quote. I'm not a cool girl. I'm a bad bitch. Be like, y'all, if you ever need someone to hype you up, DM me on Instagram. I love hyping up women. Hey, I'm going to be back on Instagram <gasps> the day that this airs. If y'all didn't know, I've been on a hiatus. That's why I've been so quiet. It's because yeah. I gave up social media for Lynn. I know everyone is wondering. They are I know knocking everyone on is the like, door. Oh my gosh, what does Nelly have to say about John Tucker must die? I'm waiting. Well, well you're gonna know soon prayers enough. have been answered. If you made it to this, this this part of the video, you know what I think. So, or not the video, this part of the pod. Um, But do you want to take us home? Yeah, girl. Yeah. Oh, wait. Is- Follow us on Instagram at Feminist Fiends and like us on Spotify so you never miss an epi. This has been Feminist Fiends and Quarantine Queens. Bye. Bye.